Friend, how are you? I don't know why this is so close to me. I am good. How good. are you? I'm great. I'm just blessed. Uh, I, I have to start off by saying I have a canker sore oh. on the bottom of my tongue. So if I sound a little odd, okay, it's painful. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. It, it is yeah. so okay. But I'm just like, every time I move my mouth, I'm like, ouch, it oh. hurts. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Did you put salt directly on that thing? Oh, should I? Well, that's what I do, and then I take Tylenol, and I keep putting that salt on there, and it burns, burns. <laughs> <laughs> but and me, this helps? It goes away. Okay. I can't take it for days. I'm sorry I'm loud. No, no, no. You know, I try to... Listen, I'd spray Lysol on it even. If I oh, If hey. I had to... If I have to, when I get mosquito bite, I'll spray it. With Lysol? Yeah, my daughter says, you're going to get cancer, mother. I said, look. Does I'm it not. help? Yeah. You know, you do what you got to do. In the thing. I guess. I'm not. If you go like this and get that, hold that tongue and put salt right on it, it will burn. <laughs> but then it's done. I should, I'll, I'm going to do that because not only does my tongue hurt, but the whole side of my uh, throat hurts because the pain radiates. I know. I know, little girl. <laughs> and then take some Tylenols. I'm going to do and that. And it really helps. All right. All right. I'm going to do that. Yeah. God bless you. God bless do less. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. I got that from Trey Kennedy. You know, that funny guy. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, is there anything you'd like to chat about? I just hope, oh, I hope everybody's kids are doing well in school. Yes. Because ours went back here in California. Yes. So we'll just have to hope everybody else's are doing well. Oh. And we're glad that they went back here. Amen. Yeah. It's been a year and a half. Oh. And you know, the struggle's real for it, these folks. No, it is. It is. There's been a. I'm not going to get into it. This isn't the place. But the the mental and physical oh. uh, issues with the kids. I don't think anyone. I don't think a lot of people are looking at that. Me either. So. And how it's how it's affected them. Yeah. So I'm just. I'm really happy that uh, that they're finally going back. And I know that that mine. I'll speak for mine. They're tired. They're just as tired of seeing me as I am of them. And I love them to pieces. Well, but the, yeah. but it's like, after a year and a half, <laughs> I love you, kid, but yeah, go to school. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah, apparently, I guess I've learned this about myself, that I stick my tongue out a lot when I'm trying to do stuff because <laughs> Karsten has notified me this year. And so he made up this little chant, and I'll hear him from way across the room. Get that tongue in, girl. <laughs> Get that tongue in, girl. And so that's what I've learned about myself. Nothing positive that, oh, I, I've learned I'm a kind mother that, you know, shows him kindness and yeah. always is always there for him. No. Mother, do you realize you stick your tongue out all the time? Get no. that tongue in, girl. Yeah. Way across. Even now, like at night, if I'm cooking or something, get that tongue in, girl. I'm like, great. 
That's nice. No, it's never. You are really a great mom. Oh, come on. Thank you for oh. for for, ha- for birthing me. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! It's never. Huh? No, maybe one day. For for feeding us, for loving us. No, no. I want to tell you a little story, and I'm not going to cut this out because I think it's funny. Yeah. Is it appropriate? I don't know. Okay. We we got back from vacation. We wanted a nice little vacation for a few days, and. It was delightful just to get away. Oh, yes. This conversation took place. We are in a hotel room. The younger one, we have two boys. The younger child is in the restroom. And we're in the rest of the room. It's just, you know. Yeah. He has, you know, when you go out of town and they have the little, um, welcome to wherever. It's one of those magazines that tells you what's in the area. So... We're watching TV, and uh, all of a sudden we hear from from the restroom. He yells to, to his brother, Bran, do you want to go jousting? <laughs> and we all stop and look at each other like, what? did he just say what we think? He... From the bathroom, oh. in the middle of nowhere, do you want to go jousting? <laughs> and of course his brother <laughs> looks like, I don't know what just happened. Yeah. And he's like, no, I don't want to go jousting. About 30 seconds goes by. He's like, but there's a four-course meal with it. Oh. (laughs) 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 Amy. I know. (laughs) There are some things you experience as a family. Yeah. That just make you laugh. They do. Did you guys start laughing? We laughed so hard. Oh. We laughed so hard because that's something you you could never even think that conversation would occur. No, it was a glimpse of happiness. It was a glimpse of happiness. Yeah, <laughs> is that hysterical? Oh my gosh! And all from the bathroom. All from There's the no bathroom. Shame. There's no shame. No, no. Mm-mm. How precious. <laughs> he didn't really care about the jousting. I think he was. Mo- I think he was curious about the jousting, yeah. but he was more for the four course. He was more interested in the four course meal. Like what? What goes into a four course meal when you joust? <laughs> and especially at uh, medieval times. Oh yeah. Now God bless medieval times. I went there when I was like twelve. Yeah. I don't remember it being that great. Right. It's just for the whole experience. I think so. But he was just so fascinated. He was like, let me get into this. Jousting and four courses? Wow. (laughs) That's going to be tasty. (laughs) Hysterical. Oh, my gosh. I wish I was there. I could could see them jousting Uh each other and then just knocking each other out. Uh Uh-huh. Like and throw that down, and then we're just going at it with fists. And then Chris and I just look at each other like, yeah, those are our knuckleheads. Yeah. They just knocked each other out jousting. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. Let's just go get a seat. Let's go eat their four-course meals. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have eight more courses. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, that's funny. That's a good story. That is. Oh. Anyway. I know. But... I know. 
And now we're back. And now we're back, yes. To our realities. But that's good. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully things will start to just get back to... I know. Back into routine. Yeah. I think they are. I do. I do. All right. Do you want to start us in prayer? Sure. All right. Here we go. Heavenly Father, we believe and trust your word. We want to grow in you more each day and to understand your promises for us. We commit our time together to you and ask that you heal and restore us as we dive into your word. We want a deeper faith. We want to meet with you and know you better. So today we say yes to what you want to show us as we read scripture. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. We are on Judges. We have started a new book. I tell you, I can't, I know it. So we are on Judges chapters one through five. Let's do a quick recap of Joshua chapters 13 through 24. Um, There was a pretty intricate breakdown of how the land was divided among the Israelite tribes. Uh, We talked about cities of refuge. And then Joshua and Aaron's son, Eleazar, both passed away. Now, moving on to Judges, it is the seventh book in the Bible. It was written around 1050 B.C. It covers approximately 1350 to 1050 B.C. And it's said in the Bible that the author was most likely the prophet Samuel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, And then I was just going to read a little something. Uh, It said, Judges were rulers in Israel who were chosen to make sure that everyone was treated fairly. Sometimes they also helped protect the Israelites from surrounding nations that attacked them. They had clear instructions from the Lord about his standard of justice and mercy. The nation quickly deteriorated due to its unfaithfulness to God. This book outlines the cycle of betrayals and repentance. So that gives us a nice look at who the judges were, what they were all about, uh, and where what we're basically going to be learning in um, the book of Judges. Now, did you have uh, any notes you wanted to go over for chapter one, or for before we get into one? Um, I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't. Okay, so chapter one. Now the Israelites they had turned to to the Lord when asking which tribe uh, should attack the Canaanites first. Because remember, all the tribes had their own land, yes. their own areas, and so Judah was chosen, and they teamed up with the tribe of Simeon. God gave them the victory, but the people of Judah didn't drive out the people living there. Um. And a side note, they it had said in there that Caleb did drive out the people in his land, which I thought was very consistent with what we've learned of him so far. Yeah, yeah. You know, because he trusted God way back when. Yeah. When he was sent uh, to do the, the spying. And then, you know, he was faithful when um, asking for his land and stuff. And yes. so he remains that way now. Yes. And then the remainder of chapter one lists the tribes who, who failed to drive out the people in their land. And instead of, uh, of driving them out, they made the Canaanites work for them. Yeah. 
So it begins. No. Yes, it does. Uh, anything for chapter one? I have... Um, why did God order the Israelites to drive out the Canaanites from their land? Although the command seems cruel, the Israelites were under God's orders to execute judgment on those wicked people. The other nations were to be judged for their sin as God had just judged Israel by forcing them to wander for 40 years before they were allowed to enter the promised land over 700 years earlier. God had told Abraham that when the Israelites entered the promised land, the gross evil and of the native people would be ready for judgment. But God wasn't playing favorites. Eventually, the Israelites would also be severely punished for becoming as evil as the people they were ordered to drive out. God is not partial. All people are eligible for God's gracious forgiveness as well as his firm justice. Mm. Yeah. Um, they knew better. They did know better. They knew. They knew. Ex and, I mean, everything leading up to this, they were well prepared from Moses to Joshua. Yeah. And it is interesting that, that God didn't set up or put in place another leader after Joshua. It's like, okay, you've, you've had two solid leaders. Yeah. Let's see what you guys do. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, anything else for chapter one? Yes. Um, tribe after tribe failed to drive the evil Canaanites from their land. Why didn't they follow through and completely obey God's commands? First, they had been fighting for a long time and were tired. Although the goal was in sight, they lacked the discipline and energy to reach it. Second, they were afraid the enemy was too strong. The iron chariot seemed invincible. And then on that, about the iron chariots, they were pulled by horses and they were among the most sophisticated weapons of the day. The Israelite but soldiers were absolutely powerless when a speeding iron chariot bore down upon them. Mm. This is why Israel preferred the fight to fight in the hills. So they felt that's why they felt invincible. That's why they, they felt like the Canaanites were invincible. After Joshua's death, power and authority were decentralized to the tribal leaders and tribes were no longer unified in purpose. Spiritual decay had infected them from within. They thought they could handle the temptation and be more prosperous by doing business with the Canaanites. We too often choose to tolerate sin rather than drive it from our lives. We may know what to do, but just don't follow through. The results in a gradual detour deterioration of our relationship with God in our battles we may grow tired and want to rest but we need more than a break from our work we need to know that God loves us and has given us a purpose for life victory comes from living according to his purpose and from being will from being willing to fully obey him mm. So now it just, it depended on the 
not even the the physical strength, just the spiritual strength of all the tribal leaders. Yeah. For all the for all the um, for all the areas. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anything else for chapter one? No. All right. Nothing on there. Okay. So chapter two. Um, Amy, if you wouldn't mind reading um, verses one through five. The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal, Gilgal to Bochum and said to the Israelites, I brought you out of Egypt into this land that I swore to give your ancestors. And I said, I would never break my covenant with you. For your part, you were not to make any covenants with the people living in this land. Instead, you were to destroy their altars, but you disobeyed my command. Why did you do this? So now I declare that I will no longer drive out the people living in your land. They will be thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a constant temptation to you. When the angel of the Lord finished speaking to all the Israelites, the people wept loudly. So they called this called the place Bukim, which means weeping, and they offered sacrifices there to the Lord. I love those verses because, first of all, the angel of the Lord came to visit them, yeah. which is just, that's amazing. I yeah. love just visualizing that. But now, you know, he's telling them. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you the victory. No. And begins a, just a cycle for for. Was it hundreds of years yes. of just, and we'll talk about it in a, in a minute, but just, you know, sinning and then repentance and, and it's just, a that's, it is. After circle after circle. Yeah. It really is. Did you have any notes for the beginning of chapter two? I had, um, the book of jo- Judges records a number of in- instances where God allowed his people to be oppressed so that they would repent of their sins and return to him. Too often people want God to fulfill his promises while excusing themselves from their responsibilities. Before you think that you deserve the fruits of God's promises, ask, have I done my part? Mm. Um, And then the people of Israel knew that they had sinned and they wept loudly, responding with deep sorrow. Because we have a tendency to sin, only repentance is the true measure of spiritual sensitivity. Repentance means not only confessing sins and asking God to forgive us, but also abandoning our sinful ways. But we cannot do this sincerely unless we are truly sorry for our sinful actions. Tears alone aren't enough. When we are aware that we have done wrong, we should admit it plainly to God rather than try to cover it up or and hope we can get away with it. Well, you're not, I mean, there's no covering up. You're not getting away with it. And that's the thing. You just have to be humble. I mean, it really has to come from your heart. If you're truly sorry. Yes. That's right. And as you and I just studied this week about we inherited Adam's sin. Yes. And like we both had this epiphany that like when you inherit something, it's in you. Mm -hmm. And no matter what, we are always going to sin. Mm-hmm. So, okay, they sin. They're going to ask for forgiveness. Now, they're going to sin again. Yeah. Yeah. As are we. But 
it's in our nature mm -hmm. it's in our nature and god shed his blood on the cross christ shed his blood on the cro cross for us so yes we're going to sin again but we just try our very hardest mm -hmm. to do better and you know the closer you get to him the more you want to learn about him and become what he wants you to be and i think you sin less mm -hmm. like your outlook is different and you i think you realize it more yeah and the words you use again to other people you know mm -hmm. and the way you look at people and everything so i i just that really touched me this week yeah like it really did and this is all leading to jesus yeah. we always keep that in mind it's all this is all leading to jesus exactly all of it just points to him mm. so you know anyway mm. okay um and then chapter two continues with the israelites abandoning the lord and worshiping the gods of the people around them and the lord was very angry so he allowed the the enemies to defeat the israelites um anything for that part i have um god are often this god often delivered his harshest criticism and punishment to those who worshiped idols why were idols so bad in god's sight to worship an idol violated the first two of the ten commandments the Canaanites had gods for almost every season, activity, or place. To them, the Lord was just another god to add to their collection of gods. Israel, by contrast, was to worship only the Lord. They could not possibly believe that God was the one true God, and at the same time bow to, a, to an idol. Idol worshippers could not see their God as their creator because they created it. These idols represented sensual, carnal, and immoral aspects of human nature. But God's nature is spiritual and moral. Adding the worship of idols to the worship of God could not be tolerated. No, they, they couldn't have it both ways. No, not at all. Uh, but the Lord, he didn't abandon the Israelites. He no. never abandoned the Israelites. No, he didn't. No. And then we learn um, in Judges chapter 2, verse 16 and verse 18. Then the Lord raised up judges to rescue the Israelites from their attackers. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel, he was with that judge and rescued the people from their enemies throughout the judge's lifetime. For the Lord took pity on his people who were burdened by oppression and suffering. And that's, that's love. Yeah, he it didn't is. have to. No. Uh, no, he, he, he loved did them. not have to. He did not have to do any of it. But they had to go through what they were going to go through. Yeah. And he knew they would. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And I think it even talks about it in a little bit, but it's the same thing that kind of happens with us. You know, he loves us, but there are times that we have to go through things. Yeah. It's not going to be easy. Mm-mm. But that makes us more like him, like Christ, mm -hmm. you know, it just. So, yeah, the Lord was mad with Israel and even tested them to see if they would complete their task now that Joshua was dead. Um, did you have any notes, any more notes for chapter two? Yes. Okay. Um, 
Throughout this stage of history, Israel went through seven cycles of rebelling against God, being overrun by enemy nations, being delivered by a God-fearing judge, remaining loyal to God under the judge, and again forgetting God when the judge died. We tend to follow the same cycle, remaining loyal to God as long as we are near those who are devoted to Him. But when we are on our own, the pressure to be drawn away from God increases. Determined to be faithful to God despite the difficult situations you encounter, recognize the importance of maintaining contact with other believers. Why would the people of Israel turn away so quickly from their faith in God? Simply put, the Canaanite religion appeared more attractive to the sensual nature and offered more short-range benefits, sexual permissiveness, and the promise of increased fertility in childbearing and farming. One of its most attractive features was that people could remain selfish and yet fulfill their religious requirements. They could do almost anything they wished and still obey at least one of the many Canaanite gods. Male and female prostitution was not only allowed, but it was encouraged as a form of worship. Faith in one true God does not offer short-range benefits that appeal to our sinful human nature. The essence of sin is selfishness. The essence of God's way of life is selflessness. We must seek Christ's help to live God's way. Hmm. Can you imagine prostitution as oh. a form of worship? No. Come on. Goodness. No. Now, there is a great chart in uh, in our Bible that breaks down all the judges of Israel. And I'll take a picture of it and put okay. it on the Facebook page because it's, it's, it's really helpful. It is good. Anything else for Chapter 2? No. Okay. No, I have nothing else. All righty. Chapter 3. Now, Chapter 3, we start judges. Judges start coming into the picture. Yes. And the first one is Othniel? Yeah. Othniel. Um, and I'll just read the first note here. He was uh, Israel's first judge. Judges chapter 1 verse 13 records that he volunteered to lead an attack against a fortified city. Here he was to lead the nation back to God. Othniel had a rich spiritual heritage. His uncle was Caleb, who we spoke about before. A man with unwavering faith in God. Othniel's leadership brought the people back to God and freed them from oppression. But after his death, it didn't take the Israelites long to fall back into their neighbor's comfortable but sinful ways. Uh, did you have more notes for there? I just had... Um, the, I have... The Israelites discovered that relationships affect faith. The men and women of the surrounding nations were attracted to, attractive to the Israelites. Soon they're intermarried and in the Israelites accept their pagan gods. This was clearly forbidden by God. By accepting these gods into their homes, the Israelites gradually began to accept the immoral practices associated with them. Hmm. Most Israelites didn't start out determined to be idolaters. They just added the idols to the worship of God, but before long they found themselves absorbed in pagan worship. A similar danger follows us, faces us. We want to befriend those who don't know God, but through those friendships we can become entangled in unhealthy practices. Friendships with unbelievers are important, 
but we must accept people without compromising our beliefs or adopting their patterns of behavior. That's true. That is true. But, and we've said it before, but you can't put yourself in a bubble. It's not healthy to be in a bubble. You have to expose yourself to other people, other beliefs, other everything. Yeah. It helps you grow as a person. Yeah. But, but always be confident and strong in your beliefs. Yes. But don't cut yourself off from everybody else. No. No. Just, yeah, don't get caught up in their... Right. They, don't try to be turned into... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, we talk about this we. The bio, I. The next up, the Bible talks about Ehud, the second judge. What yes. a story this guy had! Aye. So he was a he went and disemboweled the Israelite oppressor King Eglon. Yep. And then escaped down a latrine. Yep. Friend, I tell you. Do you think at any point he's like, I'm going down this pooper for the Lord. Yeah. The Lord's approving of this. Yeah. He, I won't get meningitis. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think he said that little prayer before? I'm not going to get meningitis. The Lord shielded me over everything. The Lord shielded me from meningitis. And typhoid fever. (laughs) Stuck a dagger in that man. I better hurry before it comes running. Oh, now I have to do what? All right. Let me hurry. Yikes. But really the whole, in the notes, it it breaks down kind of why that story was so important. Um, It demonstrates how God can use us just the way he made us. Because he, Ehud, was left-handed. Yeah. And that wasn't common. Because the guards weren't going to check for left-handed weapons. Isn't that good? Yeah. yeah. He just got it all there. Yeah. So it said here, let God use you the way you are to accomplish his work. Amen. That is it. There it right there is. There's no, there's no thinking, oh, if I was taller, if I was shorter, if I was fatter, if I was skinnier, if I could do. No. No, you got it all there. You got used. Amen. Yeah. There it is. Um, there was an ins- There's an insert. Uh, it gives a little biography of Ehud. Yeah. And part of it says, The enemies we face are as real as Ehud's, but they are most often within ourselves. The battles we fight are not against other people, but against the power of sin. We need God's help in doing battle against sin. We also need to remember that he has already won the war. He has defeated sin by Jesus' death and resurrection. His help is the cause of each success, and his forgiveness is sufficient for each failure. I highlighted that part. I just love that part. Isn't it the truth? We we also need to remember that he has already won the war. He has defeated sin by Jesus' death and resurrection. His help is the cause of each success, and his forgiveness is sufficient for each failure. Amen. Love that. I know. Isn't that? Yes. Gosh. And then we finish out the chapter. Now, this poor judge, Shamgar, Shamgar, is the third judge. 
He has like three sentences. I know. Because how do you follow up Ehud? Oh. How do you follow up a judge that disemboweled a, a bad guy and then escaped down the latrine? He might have been the first man with uh, ulcerative colitis. Because <laughs> yeah. remember, he had tummy trouble. Not uh, Shamgar, the one that got killed. What was his name? The bad guy? King Eglon? Yeah, he might have been. Remember, he had tummy trouble. Doesn't it say in there? I honestly, I don't remember. He probably was the first man with like, um, was it called Bow? Irritable bowel syndrome. IBS. I, he might have been the first IBS um, diagnosis. Yeah. It's very possible. Yeah. He might have been that little Chicho. <laughs> and then King Ehud, or a Judge Ehud is like, let's take a look. Yeah. Let me just check in there. Yeah. Bloop, bloop. Bloop. <laughs> yep. And he was a big boy. Yeah. It said he, he was a big boy. Because he, he, didn't boy. he push it all the way yeah. in? Yeah. Yeah, he had to push, push. And then Sham Shamgar comes around. Oh, Sham! Even though he killed six hundred Philistines with an ox goad, <sighs> can you believe he gets, that? He gets three sentences. I know, but we we gotta love him. We <laughs> gotta love him. <laughs> Shamgar played just important in the part. He sure did. He may only have three sentences, but he played a part. That's right. Yeah. It may say on his tombstone, I didn't escape down a latrine, but I did just as much. The Lord loves me too. That other one only killed that one. (laughs) One boy. Uh, Do you have anything else for chapter three? I don't. Okay. All right. Going on to chapter four, same cycle returns, but this time the Lord sent the only female judge, Deborah. This is fascinating. I know. Because you just like, okay, maybe it's just me, but if you don't know much about the Bible, you know, there are names you still hear about, you know, you you hear about Moses. Yeah. You hear just about random names here and there. Yeah. You never hear about Deborah. No, not Deborah. There was an insert, and uh, it talks about Deborah a little bit, and I wanted to read a little bit of it. Wise leaders are rare. They accomplish great amounts of work without direct involvement because they know how to work through other people. They are able to see the big picture that often escapes those directly involved, so they make good mediators, advisors, and planners. Deborah fit this description perfectly. She had all these leadership skills, and she had a remarkable relationship with God. The insight and confidence God gave this woman place her in a unique position in the Old Testament. Deborah is among the outstanding women of history. Her story shows that she was not power-hungry. She wanted to serve God. Whenever praise came her way, she gave God the credit. She didn't deny or resist her position in the culture as a woman and wife, but she never allowed herself to be hindered by it either. Her story shows that God can accomplish great things through people who are willing to be led by him. Deborah's life challenges us in several ways. She reminds us of the need to be able to be available both to God and to others. She encourages us to spend our efforts on what we can do rather than on worrying what we can't do. She challenges us to be wise leaders, 
Deborah's life demonstrates what a person can accomplish when God is in control. Wow. You know, it's like um, Joshua. Yeah. You know, Joshua played a huge part, and you just don't really hear about no. him. Same with her. Yeah. You hear about Moses, but not Josh. Mm-mm. Now, so Deborah was like this before she even became a judge. She Is must that, have been. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She, he had her. Yeah. She was in his sights. Yes, she was. Okay. And then God instructed her to have Barak send 10,000 warriors to fight their enemies. And God would give them the victory. But he would only do it if, if Deborah went as well. And would you mind reading chapter 4, verse 9? Not at all. Very well, she replied. I will go with you, but you will receive no honor in this venture. Venture for the Lord's victory over Caesarea will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went back with Barak to Kadesh. And sure enough, it was at the hand of a woman. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was. That that woman drove a, a pig right through a tent oh. peg through his temple. Yes. Yes, she did. Yep. Gosh. Did you have any notes for, for yes. chapter four? How did Deborah command such respect? She was responsible for leading the people into battle. But more than that, she influenced them to live for God after the battle was over. Her personality drew people together and commanded the respect of even Bar- Barak, a military general. She was also a prophet whose main role was to encount, in, encourage the people to obey God. Those who, who led must not forget about the spiritual condition of those being led. A true leader is concerned for the people themselves, not just success. Mm. Boy, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Anything Gosh. else for chapter four, friend? Um, I have regarding um, four three, mm-hmm. which said um, Caesarea, who had nine hundred iron chariots, ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for twenty years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. Can you imagine 900 of those chariots that they were so afraid of? I wonder how long it took them to build each one. I don't know, but all I can think of is all they had was their feet. They were on feet and like these tanks. Mm -hmm. So I have a a note of that. After 20 years of unbearable circumstances... The Israelites finally cried out to the Lord for help, but God should be the first one we turn to when facing struggles or dilemmas. The Israelites chose to go their own way and got into a mess. We often do the same trying to control our own lives without God's help. Without God's help, it leads us to struggle and have confusion. By contrast, when we stay in daily contact with the Lord, we are less likely to create painful circumstances for ourselves. This is a lesson the Israelites never fully learned. When struggles come our way, God wants us to come to him first, seeking his strength and guidance. When I read that, I, I instantly think of the verse, Be still and know that I'm God. 
if you and it's very hard especially if you're young young and married to just be still for just a bit me and you've talked about this sure you've really taught me that well mm. like just be still and just be mm-hmm. don't get all tithered up and that's hard oh it's very difficult especially for someone that's controlling a bit mm. but really it does so good and just and then maybe pray I would pray first and try to just be like that and say God you know my heart or whatever you need to say but that is so the truth isn't it oh yeah and I think they talked about it um, in these chapters that they got far the Israelites were far this generation was like farther away right so this was like the third generation so you had the generation that kind of died in the desert then you had the generation that um that went into the promised land and now it's like a whole other generation that may not know god all that well and what happened so it was kind of like a double whammy it's like where they weren't learning it from too many people so they were highly influenced by what they were seeing from the canaanites and let's say they didn't have a bible no no we've got to remind you know there's no bible that someone can say oh here's a bible for you it's all word of mouth and songs they have a lot of songs yes so you know i understand how hard and but um if you could just be quiet sometimes and let him and the holy spirit will guide you too but um and it is hard but just thought i would share that it is it's very hard because you have to find that just that quiet moment the those quiet moments to just kind of still yourself and just 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 sit yeah just sit yeah, even if it's just for a little bit, but um, yeah, I know it's it is. But when you talk it through, because it's very easy to just say, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe they didn't do it." And I know I've said it a million times. I can't believe they didn't listen. But when you start kind of putting everything into context, they didn't have a Bible. They may not have a lot of elders teaching them what happened in the past. So when you have a younger generation coming up and you see, you know, these idols that are very tempting, you know, oh, well, this promised me, this promises me fertility or what, all these yeah. other things. It might have, it was probably very easy to be like, okay. Yeah. Tempting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else for chapter four? No, I have nothing yet. Okay, so chapter five. Chapter five was great because it was the the song of Deborah. Yeah. And I just had uh, notes. If you had any notes for chapter five. I do. I have um, in victory, Barak and Deborah sang praises to God. Songs of praise focus our attention on God, give us an outlet for spiritual celebration, and remind us of God's faithfulness and character. Whether you are experiencing a great victory or a major dilemma, singing praises to God can have a positive effect on your attitude. Let's see, on 5-8. Without God at the center of their national life, 
Pressure from the outside world soon became greater than the power from within, and they were an easy prey for their enemies. If you are letting a desire for recognition, craving power, or love of money rule your life, you may find yourself besieged by enemies. Stress, anxiety, illness, fatigue. Keep God at the center of your life, and you will have the power you need to fight these destroyers. That part is so great. I know. You know, if you were letting a desire for recognition, craving for power, or love of money rule your life, yeah, you may find yourself besieged by, by enemies. And all that does come with it. Stress, anxiety, illness, fatigue. Because your head's just not in the right place. No. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with maybe wanting to get a better job. Right. We're not saying that, but your head just has to be in the right place for it. Yeah. Um, everyone wants to be loved. But power and money, they're, they're, it's only trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm, I praise God that I never had those desires in my heart. I just really have no desire, you know? Mm -hmm. I know some people really do and want to get to the top, and I I'm, I'm, feel bad for them. But. Do you think, and I, tr I truly don't know the answer this, to this, but do you think that the devil kind of works overtime with people in positions of power? Yes, I think that, you know, as we know, he doesn't know what's going to happen in the future, but he can predict. Mm -hmm. And I, I do. I think it's easy to maybe play with their mind, don't you? I would think so, but I didn't like. I don't want to speak out of term. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. But I think it would be like tempting for them mm -hmm. because I think people who have a love for money feel like. If just they have one more hundred thousand or whatever, then they're going to get what's going to make them happy. Mm -hmm. And things of the world don't make you happy. No. You'll never have enough. Right. I mean, it's not going to bring you the right type of happy. I mean, you can have happy moments, but not that true happiness. Yeah, the deep, constant. I mean, no one's happy every minute, but that happy, loving. To have like your soul happy. Yes. Yeah, knowing this is just a step in a journey of eternity, mm -hmm. happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes I think that like for, okay, let's say, for example, let's say there was a company that had like 500 people and the, the head of the company, the devil's working overtime because the head of that company is kind of teetering. Like, he, he, the devil knows that he's going to be weak. And if he can get to him, all that will trickle down to, like, the other yeah. people. So, like, if you just get the one, you're going to get all of them. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Does it even work like that? I wonder. Yeah. And you just pray that there's one good one in there. Mm hmm You just pray. I know. Scary. It's very Frightly. scary. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Friend, do you have anything else? Not there, no. Well, that is Judges 1 through 5. Well, we did good. We sure did. Yes. 
Is it my turn for a song? It or, is. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember, so hold on. I'm going to get my song. Okay. Okay, so I found it on YouTube. Oh. It's okay. another gospel song because I love the gospel songs. It's called Jesus Can Work It Out oh. by Dr. Charles G. Hayes. Okay. And I'll put the link in the notes and then also on the Facebook page. It's so good. This is the original version. Apparently, there's other versions. I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. But it's really good. Um, I love it on YouTube because people dig up these kind of obscure gospel songs. I know. From the 50s and 60s and yeah. stuff. And I love it. So, yeah, Jesus Can Work It Out, Dr. Charles G. Hayes. It's really oh, good. okay. So that's the, the music recommendation. Okay. This session. I guess our information? Yeah. Okay. Email is basicbiblestudy19, the number 19, at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash mybasicbiblestudy. And the website is mybasicbiblestudy.com. And you can find all the links on the website. And next time, we are going to be reading Judges chapters 5 through 12. Okay. 6 through 12? 6 through 12. Yeah. 6 through <laughs> next, 12. Friend, next time, we are going to be reading Judges 6 through 12. Wonderful. All right. And then I think we may finish up Judges. After that. After that. Um because we're going to be learning about uh, Samson and Delilah. And... Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> that song. Samson and Delilah. You know that song? Off the top of my head, no. Which one Come is on. it? Well, I don't know off the top of my head. It might be Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Oh, oh, oh. yes, yes. the same song? Yes, you're right. Okay. See, I remember something. You remember a lot. Oh. I have turned into my mom in the regards that I'm just yelling at kids now. I'm like, you, uh, you, yeah. Uh. yeah. I'm, uh, we don't even know. I'm done. Yeah. I I know I'm going to start saying A, B, C. <laughs> I have A through E then. Then you won't remember who's which letter. No. I know, and and I'm done with it. Oh, I didn't know who that was. It scared me. Who is it? I think it's your son. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you know, we never know what's coming up. You mean Jouster? Yeah, Jouster 1, 2. He's going to get a four course. <laughs> anyway. Anything right. else? That's it. All right. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, comments, prayer requests, please get a hold of us. We would love to hear from you, and uh, hope you have a blessed day. Yes, thank you. God bless.